1: Some MLB hardware was handed out mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, more awards, actually, than I remembered. I mean, you can I linked you to the the official MLB page that has this here. Oh, you finally uh, found it. There's there's interesting stuff for me. They talk about the comeback players. These were the most recent ones awarded. Players' choice. I didn't realize that there was a heart and hustle award. Uh, there's a platinum glove, one in each league, that goes above the golden glove. The gold glove. Golden glove. Gold glove uh is you know there's just just some some things here that are kind of kind of interesting uh what what would you like to talk about do you care about do you care about mvp cy young
0: comeback player of the year albert pujols that's just a feel-good
1: story right i mean verlander makes come on Pujols, pujols is just like well he got
0: a 700 so we should acknowledge that we're trying to push him as the best slugger over a rod still and, yeah. And not even to mention Barry Bonds. To say nothing of Bonds. Know. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Uh, I was. Su- a Rod, who might be a like top 20 player, and Barry Bonds, who is like arguably the best player that, in, in baseball ever. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to keep pushing this Albert Pujols train. I want to ask a question
1: about the Manager of the Year awards. Well, I have two mm. questions. One. Okay. Are you upset to see Terry
0: Francona win it for other teams, obviously? No. I love him. Okay. I heard that he was stabbing back out. Out at the door. All right. Just teams. wanted to check on that. Farrell. If Farrell ever won a Manager of the Year award, I would go <laughs> to Bob for his house and slap him in the face. Okay. So, we're on the record. No. We're on the record there. Fair enough. Mets. Buck
1: Showalter gets it. Uh, they are a team. Yep. Is Is that reasonable? <laughs> yeah. He has the highest payroll in baseball. Like, Cleveland is amazing because Cleveland had a bottom five start of the season mm-hmm. payroll. Yeah. The Mets have to- at least top 3 if not top 1 payroll. Okay,
0: so you didn't manage them into the ground. Congratulations. Like wh- <laughs> isn't isn't like ben- Benia still on their count against their their count, yes, though so because they're still paying them? I mean, this is the incompetence of the team does take account.
1: No, 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 but it's not entirely incompetence, right? Like Max Scherzer was paid more. I was looking at this the other day. Max Is he good? Max Scherzer was paid more then made more money this year than the total payroll of the bottom five teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean
0: okay. Well how many wins so what was his war?
1: Not not that high. <laughs>
0: not <laughs> not higher than the entire five teams. <laughs> I think that it's fine because I, I think that everybody recognizes that the Mets are the spoiled rich kid, that it's surprising that they got into college.
1: They're they're being rewarded for yeah, that's that's a great thing. I mean, look at this. Last year, Gabe Kapler won with San Francisco. Legitimately surprising. The year before that, Don Mattingly in Miami. Like, these are all, like, none, you're not supposed to reward the the most winning team unless you're talking about, like, I guess Dave Roberts when he won it with the Dodgers in 2016. That's a pretty winning team. But
0: So, wait, 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 who, who are you saying should have won it? Remember, this is a regular season award. Congratulations to everyone who got something for their mantle. I mean, I think it was no doubter on the MVPs. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, and then Cy Young's made, made sense. You want to talk some
1: soccer? I do, I do. World Cup is on right now. Um, interesting stuff happening. I think I'm going to, the only thing I'm going to talk about right now, or I think we should maybe focus on for this moment, is our, our cheering for the USA. Yeah. yeah. Did you know, I looked at this today because I was looking at the bracket. I'm assuming USA is going to finish in second place. Okay, here. let's assume that. If if we make it in, if we make it out of the group stage, second place, most likely team to face is the Netherlands here in this would be mm-hmm. our would be our face. Okay, so that's fine. That's not great, but we have a shot. Then what I find very interesting is that we would be up against the first place team in group C or the second place in group D. Now group C is the one where Saudi Arabia just shocked Argentina. Because I would have said, "Wow, we're gonna." There's no way we're making it past Argentina in the quarterfinal, right? Uh But now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, now I'm getting overconfident because I'm feeling like, "Ooh, the path is a little bit more clear." But, but still, the path is a little bit more clear than it was.
0: Could we face Mexico? Because that would be like, we could face Mexico. <laughs> we could face Mexico. That would be like, that'd be fun. It's the, um, it's sort of like, you know, <laughs> it's sort of like in, in football how you know like. The division rivalries—it's almost like just throw throw out the seating out the window <laughs> when it's division rivals because you, you don't like how many times did the Dolphins screw over the Patriots? Like yeah, yeah, just so much worse. But then the Dolphins—Dolphins the Patriots matchup—it's all of a sudden so, so much closer. I mean, I know this a little bit more with like it'd be like the Gi- Giants Cowboys is like really Giants suck right now, but like I like their chances to screw over the 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 cowboys. So I think I think the US has a
1: reasonable has a slightly more reasonable path. I was I was mostly reacting to the fact that like oh some interesting stuff happened in group C that makes this feel marginally more accessible. I mean there's a lot of ah. ifs here. We've got to get past the Netherlands, but the Netherlands in terms of the like the strongest teams in the tournament, they're not the highest, right? It could no. it could be worse. We could be facing Brazil or Spain or France out of it or Portugal out in like in the knockout stage or England in the knockout stage for that matter. I feel better about Portugal. Portugal.
0: That's the kind of team that US could be. We haven't seen Portugal play. Don't know what to expect. Pfft, true.
1: Well, if it's the Ronaldo show then uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I would have been maybe scared about facing Germany except for hmm, interesting stuff. <laughs> there we go. Mixed it all in. Anyway, uh yeah, surprise. Uh, I think we're both I think we're both agreed that rooting for USA, and rooting for France. Of course, some some ties there. Some ties there. Yeah, do you know I mean, that French team, that was, that was so French. It's a good game.
0: That game was so French. It was just like...
1: This week on the pod, Mothballing Your Fantasy Season Part 2, we're going to think a little bit more about the the top rankings here. And, you know, most people yeah, are probably headed for for a baseball break here. So what are a couple things that we need to think about right before we completely call it on the 2022 season uh my key thing is that i want to remember the things that i learned about the players during the season you proposed that we should each come up with a top 60 ranking briefly Mm -hmm. discuss how we got there uh maybe look at a few interesting comparison things and see see where we end up does that sound okay yeah let's do it so do you want to go first
0: with your description or you want me to go first with how how we did this Sure, because I wasn't able to get to the manual tweaking that I wanted to because I uh, initially built this off of not what I expected I was building it off of. Grab the wrong. Mm -hmm. What year is it? What year? (laughs) Great question. I'm (laughs) losing losing track of time. Anyways, my thought was, I want to take the preseason rankings because I think that there. This is a theory that we looked at a little bit, which is from Eric Carabel talking about it. Of like, we should just go back to the preseason rankings. Yep. The Previous preseason rankings, take a look at those, plug them in for this year, and you're not going to do that bad because half of those players who underperformed are going to overperform this year, and then most of the ones who've aged out, you're going to be able to see are aging out. And <laughs> So I said, let's do that. Let's take the preseason from last year, and then let's also take the – actual 2022 rankings 2022 Mm. realized (laughs) stats which were and then let's let's just average those and see what see what we get and um Trey Turner number one fine there we go it works must work Freddie Freeman number four looks like this that's all set then boom bingo bango you're done now I wanted to also manually edit these Mm -hmm. and when I was doing it when I had erroneously brought in 2021 stats and uh 20 uh 2021 2022 preseason rankings um i had done some manual editing I'm mm-hmm. just, I, I didn't get that in here this time so but that's that's the theory of the case you tell me what did I, you do i like that no i think i think that's
1: good i think that's a good algorithmic a good algorithmic way to do it and so let me introduce mine and then we'll compare and contrast so what i did was i took i did a war ranking so i didn't use any preseason i did all WAR WAR ranking from well offensive WAR ranking for ah. batters and WAR for pitchers. And I did a, a three season average where I ramped it up to last year was is the largest contributor. The 2022 this year I should say is the largest contributor. Okay. So I did that. I did pitcher I did batters pitchers separately. I then manually tweaked each list as much as I kind of wanted to, which was relatively small, relatively small tweaks. And then I merged the lists by hand. Yes. So so this is the key point is because this is the thing that we've talked about all the time, which is what do you do with batters and pitchers? And so this time I decided I'm not going to do this algorithmically in, in any way because I haven't liked how the results have worked out. So I'm going to try and manually slot in. I have, I have my independent order of, of batters and pitchers. I'm going to go through and say, okay, at this point, I'm ready to take a pitcher. Or what what tended to happen... What I was doing in my head, it turned out, was was looking down the batters and saying, "Okay, here's actually a plateau between two batters, like I would like, or like there's a big difference between the two batters." Like I would say, like I got to, like in my list, I got, for instance, to uh, Kyle Tucker, and then I was like, or I got to Jose Ramirez, and I was like, "Ah, I need to slot a pitcher in before Jose Ramirez. Like I'm just not excited enough about him at this point." And I would be more excited about a pitcher. And the same thing was true. Like, then I looked a little bit further down. Okay. I found Mike Trout. I would take pitchers ahead of Mike Trout just because of big question marks and in, in what he's going to do. And then I basically just kept interleaving down the list like that. And I had a target where I wanted to get between 15 and 20 pitchers into the top 60, because I think that's about, I think that's about the right mixture. So I was kind of looking at the, at the rates mm-hmm. and this is the list I ended up with. So I, I think it's okay.
0: I see some logic, and there's some of these where I, I'm a little surprised. Jeff McNeil, being one of them, yes. So you, so yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about some stuff here. I so I was mostly
1: interested in targeting what we're thinking about the end of, sort of more the tail end of the list because I'm I'm glancing through our top thirty. You know, there's a lot of agreement here, and I think yours would have more agreement after hand tweaking. Like mm-hmm. you need a Razarena, you need to consider a Razarena's most recent season. Yeah, you know, he moves. He moves up. Probably,
0: same thing is true for Bryce Harper to some extent. Ugh, Bryce Harper. I just I like to doubt him because it ends up working more. He's <laughs> so overvalued. I don't know. Uh, Randy Razzarena at thirty seven. You have him at nineteen. That doesn't seem like. See, and this is where I kind of I I agree with my algorithms' take on Vlad Guerrero. I have him at eight. You have him at eighteen. Explain yourself.
1: Um, I don't. So my main thought is that he's actually splitting some stat quality with Bo Bichette. So if it was one of the two of them on that team, I actually don't think that they. I don't think that they sum up to more than the two of them individually.
0: What? Like I think like some some guys are going to be helped by the people. Beau Bichette gets them. but get, gets on base. Arrow hits him in it. It works, it, and that gives value to both of them.
1: Uh, how, many, how, many, how many RBIs did Grant have this year?
0: I don't know. A lot. I think it's going
1: to be less than you think. He had ninety-seven this year. That's not elite. That's how many good. did he have the
0: year before that? So, so but
1: he had a, a drop off a little bit. This he had one hundred and eleven the year before. So he's ten. You know, he's got a ten percent drop off in in fewer PA's. He did it in fewer PA's last year. So. I mean, I I think that so again part of the war ranking here his twenty twenty one is amazing so mm-hmm. his twenty twenty two is great but it's less amazing than his twenty twenty one and so in the when I was ranking the war it was kind of like well I, I don't know exactly what to do with Boba with or Bobuchet with with Vlad Jr. well I don't know what to do with you don't either. do it either yeah but. I, I don't know I I just I also just have a gut feeling that the two of them okay you have them six and eight that's nuts that's nuts that's twenty twenty one
0: Blue Jays stats. I would probably I would probably adjust that but I I would adjust that in in thinking of Vlad Guerrero is right and and the Axis is actually Vlad Guerrero so I'd put but is probably first rounder he like number twelve I I'm just I'm not I'm.
1: Just not confident in them being more in. Just not confident in them being more than the sum of the parts. I think they're both great mm. players. I just the 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 theory of the case for ranking them super highly is them being a feedback loop with each other, like you said. It's Bobichet getting on base. It's Vlad Jr. hitting him in. And I think this year we saw a little bit less of that. I I mean, okay, fine. Is 18 a little low? I have a hard time taking a bunch of not taking a bunch of the guys ahead of him before him. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm looking at your. I mean,
0: okay, maybe... well, some of these are weird. I mean, like Corbin Burns. This this has Cor- Corbin Burns. I have Corbin Burns as number three
1: because because Cor- which... Corbin Burns's overall war was not spectacular this year.
0: Oh, I don't know. I I think that you're probably more right on. Corbin oh, Burns. I see. You have him, see him at number twelve. Yeah. You have him as the first pitcher off the board.
1: Yeah. Uh Otani but
0: oh okay Oh, the first pure pitcher off the board yeah and number 12 i mean i think that makes sense i think he's probably the first pitcher off the board this year especially i don't think that you want to take a pitcher in the top 10 i mean that was one thing that surprised me is that when i got down to pitcher
1: 15 i was just not excited about pitchers anymore and it was it was kind of like like my my last pitcher off the board in the top 60 is you darvish and That was still kind of like a, uh, do I really want to do this? I guess. I mean, I'm looking at your, your rankings have Shane Bieber coming in at number 17. I mean, no one like such a good year.
0: (laughs) No one trusts him that much. This, this is why you have to manually adjust these things. Even your, your algorithm will forget things like, like, oh, he's made of glass. Okay. He wasn't in the, that wasn't accounted for in the rankings preseason. uh And that wasn't accounted for in his stats over the course of the year. But, the variance that we have to bring in here for him having a, oh, my, my side hurts for July.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, high. Eg- exactly. I mean, the, they, they sat him in 2021,
0: right? For, for a long, for a long stretch. Well, sat and injured.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, okay.
0: I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one of yours that, well, I'll give, I'll give you one of yours that I like more than mine, mm-hmm. which is Austin Riley at 20. That's perfect. It's like you it's, I, I could almost see you who did the like the top five and then said and put Austin Riley at number 20. And I'll <laughs> fill in the blanks before that and after that. But I know Austin Riley is going to be number 20. You're going to want to get him if you're in a 12 team league. you're going to want to get him midway through that second round. That's exactly where he is.
1: Yeah, i
0: I like that. I mean,
1: i I think we, he's a guy that we've talked about as being surprisingly dependable. like you he's a guy that's really easy to forget that he's putting up
0: late second round numbers for you Mm. oh I was gonna I was gonna give you two I was gonna give you two here right um the uh the one that (laughs) I don't like I don't like Carlos Correa I slotted Carlos Correa at 53 like what what do you want from me (laughs) yeah I don't like either of our takes on Julio Urias at 37 mine says 13 because preseason he was highly touted and he did it had a Pretty Good statistical year mm-hmm. after we've been ta- discussing these. Man, I push him back, he's got to be in like
1: so. I'm okay with that, except in that mindset, I have a really hard time putting any pitchers up there. Like, I have Kevin Gaussman right after Julio Urias, like
0: also someone that I don't really
1: like, right? But, but who do you like? I mean, are you telling me I would,
0: but it, but based on the analysis that we've been doing lately. I think Kevin Gosman is is better than Julio Urias in fantasy.
1: Well, um, I agree with that. I mean, in my note here is year, that he had elite K's. On and where he, is. he had elite K's in the second half. So there's yeah. there's possible stuff to like about Gosman. But I mean looking at the rest of the pitches on this list. Well, Dylan C I would put Dylan C. ahead of him. That's a, no, I think
0: Brandon Woodruff is someone that should have a regression higher. I think that Max Scherzer is someone who's who's better. And then I I think the Shane Bieber, I'd rather have Shane Bieber. For the upside of a Shane Bieber year, than for the and the da- and the downside is that he's on your I- IL for the year, versus Julio Urias playing. Well, great. Let's uh, let's seven point eight Ks per
1: nine. Well, let's bet box five categories then Four, category four some number of categories between them. I think that's an interesting Julio. I think that's an interesting one. I do think I would take Urias before I took. Bieber, just because of the propensity to get burned by Bieber. And I think Urias has some upside. Burn, Bieber, burn. (laughs) So I would say, okay, I'll give you, I think K per nine is a fair one because Urias has big questions. That's our fifth category. Big question marks there.
0: We're going to do wins, K. You know what? I would really like to do is not wins. I would love to do K's, ERA, whip, innings pitched. I'm saying that I'm the one saying innings pitched for Shane Bieber. That is wild, right? Innings pitched, but also K per nine. Yeah, I think I think that's good. I mean, I think we want.
1: Well, but you're gonna have some redundant information between K's innings pitched and K per nine. True. No,
0: a good good point.
1: I mean, I think I think I think the four categories. I mean, I I do think wins should be in there because Urias is fine. Well, Urias has. Fine. I mean, Urias has win potential, right? That's a
0: real that's a real thing for him in this okay fine we'll put winning we'll put innings pitched in there and wins i'm gonna lose this on technicality uh i'm gonna lose <laughs> this when julio rius gets 16 wins because he's on the fucking dodge yeah but that's the, valuable that's actually valuable in a fantasy setting okay and the calves turn back into uh into
1: <laughs> i yeah the, the cleveland Cavs. <laughs>
0: cleveland cavaliers they're
1: all yeah they're all just calves. do it different all colors the same.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Man, that would work so well for football. Just call them the Cleveland G- Cavs. I know. Make them brown with an orange helmet. I know. It's, no, it's it's, it's just, just everything works. Uh, let's, let's talk about the guys. Stake by the lake.
1: Let's talk about the guys that appeared this year that are going to be hard to rank. So I worked hard in a hand tweaking way to put in guys that basically just came on the scene this year. So we're talking. Right, so Julia list is like. Julio Rodriguez, Andres Jimenez. I think we should think about Jeff McNeil, Adley Rutschman, uh, Stephen Kwan, Michael Harris too. Those are the guys that I'm. I'm really interested to know what you're going to do with them in a tweaking way. There's no way that
0: Adley Rutschman in the top 50 for me.
1: Well, I think so. That's an interesting question because I mean I have this. You know op- he's a catcher, right? I have this. I have this open question mark about catching. But if you if you do this by WAR and you look at last year, <laughs> this WAR is pretty freaking
0: good. He had, he pr- produced on offense when he came in. Yeah, but catcher's second fan. Just I, it sucks having a, having to fill the catcher spot, even with the kids that are able to crouch down 150 times a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've been I've definitely been burned on the the Sal Perez train before in the top 60, and I purposely you know purposely Real Muto is not on here because you know I knocked for catcher. Uh, I don't know. Am I willing to be burned one more time on catchers, like a, a young catcher who's a you know a real legitimate threat at the plate? Um, I, I think so. Is, now that I'm looking at it, is 33 high? Yeah, yeah probably. It's oh, too high. It's too yeah.
0: high. Michael Harris. I I love that you're bold here. I like that you're bold here with that. I don't know that I would have. Um, I prefer that to Kwan. Um, so I can't
1: really distinguish between the two of them, to be honest.
0: Oh, so that's why you just put them back-to-back.
1: Back. Yeah, and I think 30... So I have them uh-huh. at 39 and 40. And I think 39 and 40 is the spot where you can start to get a little cute. Like the next guy, I have Matt Olson and Raphael Devers,
0: who are boring, right? Who'd rather have them? I I, I would rather go and, and grab either one of those two guys next year. But Matt Olson, Yeah, Matt Olsen right there and Justin Verlander. And I'm like, I guess I might take michael harris over that see that's the thing is like i it again gets to some
1: of the upside fantasy pick and like michael harris was so exciting this year like it's if he does that again like i mean he okay so we didn't talk about him in the awards but he got nl rookie of the year uh so you would say that there's going to be big regression next year i would say even if he regresses he's probably still going to steal a ton of bases (laughs) so
0: that's valuable uh I think there's. I like that Michael Harris II looks exactly like you would expect him to. (laughs) You're like, you put the mental, you look at the stats, you look at the, you have the mental image of Michael Harris II. You're like, what is this guy? Yep.
1: Yep. He looks, no, 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 100%. So, exactly. I, I think, I just think that there's a chance to catch something really interesting with Michael Harris. And I. I just like him better than I just like him better than the rest of the guys on on the list, like from forty one to sixty. I'm just more excited about him. He's headed for a sophomore slump. I mean, maybe, and may, maybe I'm gonna get, maybe I'll get in trouble there or something. But
0: as long as his name isn't actually Justin Hayward the <laughs> second, Jason Hayward, II. Jason Hayward the second. Sorry for Can I can I ask you what you're gonna do with Trevor's story? Oh God! What I'm personally gonna do as a Turbo Story
1: owner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the question. I don't know. See, it's it's a really hard one, and this is why I want to talk about it now. But this said
0: 66, and that is like that's exactly where I would rank him. See, I think I think there's a big chance for a bounce back. So I have him
1: at 48 because I he's not washed up, right? This year. I, you're looking at me, but this year I think is was a bad was a bad year for him obviously.
0: And Hanley I, Ramirez put on that Red Sox uniform. It never <laughs> was Hanley Ramirez again.
1: I think we're being well. Yeah, good point. I I just I think right now that we're being biased as we put the season away. We're being biased by this season being bad, and I think that there is a good Trevor story under there still, and I'm willing to. There's a good story. <laughs> I'm willing to roll the dice a little bit. More than I'm willing to roll the dice on Byron Buxton, who I've got at fifty-eight. I mean, if he plays, he's elite. I don't think he's gonna play. It's, yeah, it's a very different
0: it's a very different conversation. Yeah, but they're both yes. The the unifying thing is that they're both You wanna trade them? They're both question marks. I mean Pretty hey. clearly the Red Sox need a a center fielder, and pretty clearly you're gonna need a shortstop here. <laughs> My did my one year in Minnesota. What's an interesting Thanks, what's guys. an interesting bet box between the two
1: if you like story and Buxton? Is it just simply war? I mean is it just games played? Is it I mean is it games played? Okay. I
0: I think uh I played let's do played appearances. Yeah, played appearances more relevant. Played appearances. I right, that'd be yeah. Are you on story? Uh, no. <laughs> You're on Buxton. No. From this conversation it sounds like I should
1: be on Buxton. I think yeah, cuz I mean I have them ranked and I I think yeah, because if you
0: if I thought Buxton was going to play all the time, I wouldn't put him at fifty eight, <laughs> right? No, this I hate guys like that. There's another yeah. guy that I was looking at where you had him, and I was like, no, this is stupid because either he's got to be, you should have him as like a top twelve guy, or you should have him out of your top sixty. There's a, who? What? Who was I looking at? Who you had? Um, Semyon, Semyon, I, Semyon.
1: I I straight up was like. I'm going to just try and split the difference on this because he's either, he's either cleaning up and he's in 2021 form and second half of 2022 or he's pointless and he's first half of 2022 and you're like, why do I own this guy? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You, you have a 24, but I mean, colored by 2021 stats. So, you know, it's, it's funny because we've been highlighting all of our disagreements here, but I think for the most part, we have more what I would call agreement than disagreement. Tacit agreement.
0: I think we have more tacit agreement. Look, our Mullins is 24-26. Yeah. I mean it's, I mean, pretty, it's pretty, pretty darn close. Yeah. yeah and I, I think the algorithm Mike Trout, we have at seventeen and sixteen. I mean my
1: feeling is just that you're gonna tweak some of these back to like Machado you have ten. I don't think Kyle
0: Tucker both at eleven. Hey. The algorithm and the and our the mental model
1: I, Kyle Tucker is Kyle Tucker is there. He deserves it. Why? And why Friday are you? At four. Why are you taking one soda at twenty nine? What's that? He's better than.
0: That. I don't know. That's another good. That's a, that's a good point. Is that you? You wouldn't. I shouldn't rank him there. If I want him to be outside of the top fifteen, I have to. I have to put him out of the outside of the top forty. Right. There's no yep. point. For me to say 30 so i, I agree that's that's one that needs to be handpicked same thing with acuna i mean this guy is gonna yeah, be end up, end yeah yeah being top three yeah. yeah he's gonna be i'm gonna put him number one right all right i think that about brings us to the review session blake snell Ah, wow good thing that we didn't save much time for this one
1: so blake snell did not he didn't make your top 60 i, did, I need to look at your 60 i He's not going to make my top 10. So. Where is he? He is number 97 for you. Doesn't make my list, so we don't have anything to say. It's funny, though, because you look at his stats. 2022, he starts 24 games, 3.38 ERA, 1.20 whip. He pitches 128 innings, 171 strikeouts, 8 wins.
0: Um, if we were blind going K per 9, <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I know, and no matter what facial hair he puts over that chin, we, we also know that he has a lack of a chin. I yeah, I know. If if you're to to like quote stat lines at me for the this is a player who's on a playoff team. Yep. That is going places that has this K per nine. It's like, yeah. But then you then you're like, Oh no, it's Blake Snell. But no, Blake I Snell don't.
1: he actually had he actually had a good year. I mean it's in a decent year, yeah. There's basically 130 innings. Well, exactly. And the thing is that he had 130 innings in 2021, also. So and he had 107 innings in 2019. I mean, he's, just, he's he got 50 in the pandemic season. Yeah, great. I mean, he can play short seasons. <laughs> I think the only full season he's had is 2018, which is when he was which is when he was elite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's hard to know what to do with Blake Snell. Um, he's gonna be frustrating. He's gonna be super frustrating if you're owning him in a fantasy setting. Uh he's because he's not he's not good for Roto because he plays two-thirds of the games (laughs) that you want him to. Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm. on a matchup basis, I don't trust him because he has Mm -hmm. random games where he lets up just absurd numbers of runs. You know, like and he's he's in a hard division to mix and match. Yeah, exactly. So I gotta say, I think your ninety-seven is 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 probably right in terms of excitement level about in terms of excitement level about him. I think I did slot him into my pitcher list. I'm just gonna see just quick where I thought he should be. I did have so he would he would have been my next pitcher up. So he would have been he's he's my eighteenth the eighteenth pitcher that I would have taken off the board. And I think at that point you take the flyer and hope that hope that he bucks the trend and suddenly pitches more than 130 games But you so you have to have him as your number two i don't think you can get him so i think meta i think you're not going to get him if you don't pick him as your number two and roll the dice on him right so it's that's a tough person to have as a number two but he's only 29 so it's not like he it's not like he can't pitch
0: 180 inning
1: but it's, yeah. it's not like it's not like it's not like the door is closed on that like if he was like
0: 34 i'd be like mm. bummer I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't want him as my number two. Especially if I had a weak number one. I wouldn't pair, which is probably where you, you'd pick pick him, is if you had like if you'd missed on the if you missed on Garrett Cole and you missed on Corbin Burns. Yeah. And you I mean
1: But let me let me throw the guys that I had nineteen Sandy. Twenty. I had Zach Wheeler, Max Fried, Tristan McKenzie, Logan Webb. Do you like any of those above Blake Snell? Wow, that, that I mean that's a group. I yeah, it's a group. The problem, pick your poison. The problem is that there really is a plateau when I was doing these rankings. The rankings were really interesting because when I was doing these rankings, I got to this part of the pitching and I was like, "Wow, I'm not going to be excited about a back end second pitcher
0: at all next year." So this is something this is definitely yeah, something Yeah, this to is think really about. so you Darvish you, and I agree with this. You Darvish you have is like the, he's the hinge on this and then it's like yeah. <laughs> pick what poison you want to have. You've got, I would rather have Luis Castillo. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I would rather have his bandmate, Joe Musgrove. <laughs> would I rather have, as right? soon as I say that out loud, I say to myself, no. Who is that idiot? I, I mean. an <laughs> idiot saying they want Joe Musgrove. All the things that
1: we've learned about the, you know, doing the starting pitching review this year suggests that somebody in this 20 to 26 range is going to be important next year. But. I'm nervous. I mean, so I'm looking at drafting next year and thinking I need to get to actual top flight pitchers because I'm not excited about
0: things after that. Yeah, that was a theory that I had coming into this year. And then there was a real change of the guards. There's a real change of the guards happening right now. Right. And somehow Verlander is the fig leaf <laughs> on this change of the guards. But, I mean, Scherzer isn't what he was. DeGrom isn't pitching. Um, and, and then some of these people that were, have been here for a while, who we always said we're going to be there are not, you know, Blake Snell is, is not an elite pitcher as you Darvish were pretty clear that he's not an ace in the ace sense anymore. And these guys like Shane McClanahan, Alec Manoa, uh, Dylan Cease are here. Yeah, this, this was a really good year to do starting pitcher
1: reviews. Because Sandy, Sandy Alcantara, because well. of this changing of the guard, yeah. like th- this was a great year to do it. I mean, we we stumbled into it, but it's amazing. And so, but Blake Snell is like right between the two, right? Because Blake Snell is at 29. He's not he's not in the aging elder statesman of Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, but he's not in this new young class because he because he yeah. was good in 2018. So he's not in the, like Aaron Nola, Alcantara.
0: We've never list. seen him before we don't know what he'll do kind of territory, yeah right
1: exactly. So uh, Blake Snell honestly is one of the hardest pitchers I think to
0: to value and he did have a really good second half like if you I had a good second half on a playoff team again he's on a playoff team. I know like you could see him getting 12 wins and not doing anything. he could get to 12 wins in 200 Ks and have an era above three seven. so who are we doing next week? Let's flip the script. Let's talk about Alec Manoa. Love it. Uh, okay. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manner, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst select luck to you, buddy. We're luck to you, too. Manor!